Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Jared Waitley, Luke Hodge, Dermot Brereton and Sam Edmonds with you. With us, the coach of Yatta Pulte last night, Port Adelaide's Ken Hinckley. Ken, congratulations and welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks, Jared, and morning for everyone. Does it take a little while for the adrenaline to settle after a <laughs> win like this? Yeah, probably about Sunday night, I reckon, before <laughs> it settles right down, to be honest. The game, uh, the game takes you to some really emotional spots, and uh, look, look, you shouldn't be doing it and wouldn't be doing it, I don't think, if it didn't mean that much. There's a little bit of Michael Flatley about your Riverdance celebration, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit about this person losing control and being a bit stupid, but that's what happens. What, what did you watch last night when you got home? Did you take some of, some of it in on replay? No, I didn't, actually. I uh, got up early this morning to watch the game back and, and managed to get that all done. But last night it was uh, you know, it's just time when, you, when the game's over, you, just, you do just fall in a bit of a heap and just get home and try and sit down for half an hour. What caught your eye when you watched it back this morning? Ah, uh, just our pressure, a ruthless pressure that was there all night. And even when Melbourne had their run, I don't, you know, I don't think the boys in any way went away from the way we were trying to play. We just gave credit to the quality of the opposition and and knew that, you know, and we spoke about that before the game and during the game that they're going to have a moment or two because that's the type of side they are. They're a high class side. So when um, you know Petrarca and Oliver and those boys get rolling, it's pretty hard for any side to stop. Ken, on watching the replay, was Zach as good this morning as what he was last night? Maybe better. <laughs> like Maybe was, better. I mean, I've, I'm not sure I've seen too many better games, and I don't talk too much individually, but uh, that game last night in those conditions for the size of the little fella and the way he goes about it, it was a pretty special performance and one that he should be incredibly proud of. And we, I know we are as a footy club, but that group of young mids, I mean, all three of the boys that we talk around, you know, Juan Francis, Rosie and Butters, they're all quite exceptional against high quality and, if that's the measure of the best in the competition, we're pretty optimistic around where we might be able to get to. I was interested in your message at three-quarter time because Melbourne have come off a, a big third quarter. They kicked seven goals too. Uh, what was your message to, to your midfield especially to get back on top because Melbourne dominated throughout the clearances but also the scoreboard? Yeah, we certainly spoke about we lost control around the ball a little bit, but we'd, we'd been, you know, for two and a half quarters, we'd been really dominant ourselves. So it was more around just believing and, and continuing. And I think, uh, you know, encourage the boys to go harder from the start and, and not sit and wait because typically in games like that, you can be a bit apprehensive about what you want to do. And I think the, the need for our boys just to stay confident and, and believe in what we can do is good enough. And look, we've had some experiences this year and, you know, fourth or fifth time we've been behind at three-quarter time, I think, and got over the top of sides. And, you know, that, that, that creates belief. But I think uh, for our group, I just know they operate best when they're, um, they're backed in. Ken Dermott here. Congratulations on a fantastic win last night. Zach Butters, is he too brave for his body size? He's 77 kilos, but he thrusts around and, and, and just charges at people. I keep worrying for him sometimes that he might break. Yeah, I've got to be honest, Derm. I, I sit there with the same thoughts sometimes. I, I just, but you know what? Those blokes, and, and you've seen them, and we've all seen them over the time, but usually them really ruthless and ferocious players more often than not, especially the, I don't know, some reason the smaller ones 
seem to be able to hit things and, and bounce off pretty well. So hopefully that continues because he's you know he's hurt himself a couple of times in the start of his career. So uh, we just got to be a bit mindful of that. But I, I can't stop that. I mean, I can't even begin to try and stop him from doing that because it's just so much to what he does, and you got to encourage him to go that way. You've got two boys, Zach Butters, uh, we're talking about, and also Connor Rosie. We, we were chatting about them a little bit earlier before we have you on, had you on. Um, they put pace on the ball. Their foot speed to exit traffic has, I think, really seen another rise in this team. It must be such a pleasure to have boys who are able to exit stoppage with raw foot speed. Yeah, it's a really important weapon for us, and we have to back that in. I mean, we, clearly there's been a lot said around, you know, we, we have to doing our best around ruck contests, and I thought Scott Lysett was really strong and brave for us last night, just to, to give us a, a contest against those two big boys who are high quality. And, and then when we hit the floor, we do we do have a great belief that, that we have some weapons with with our foot speed, and, uh, you know, we need to maximise that. And, you know, again, they're encouraged to, to do that, take that game on. And if there's a hole, I want them to take it and almost challenge the hole, so... You know, when you've got their wheels, I probably wish I had them at some stage at one point in your career, but you've just got to encourage them to use them. They're such a weapon. About one in every hundred have got those sorts of wheels, Ken, at the, at the top level. Hey, you mentioned uh, Scott Lysette, and he, t- he took on Brody Grundy, who I think got went, went to about 30-something uh, ruck contest. Max did 50, so it was a roll flip for them. Um was Max's name circled by a few of the players? They seemed to get into him. Is that something they believe, or is it just unfold organically? I know which way you're going to tell me. I don't know why I've asked this. I, <laughs> I think I know the answer you're going to trot out. But is his name circled? I, I'm obligated to ask you. Is his name circled up on the board? Um, you, you asked the right question, and, and you're probably predicting the right answer, is what I would say. No, no look, we... We do our best to put pressure on all the opposition. And, yes, clearly there's some highlighted players in each group that you know that are pretty significant to the success of their team. Um, Max is their captain. Max is a great player. We, we, we love the way he plays, but we understand his importance. And we've played him twice last year, and he ripped us in half. Um, and he, was, he single-handedly beat us in a game at Adelaide Oval around round four last year when Scott went down. We knew as a team that collectively we had to help and su- support Scott. He had two... Basically, all Australian ruckmans had to go up again. So, any time we could help and support, we we needed to do that. Ken, at the start of the year, obviously there was a bit of pressure on Port Adelaide and yourself. Does it frustrate you that? I hadn't noticed after... it, <laughs> <laughs> does, does it frustrate you? Like, round one, that was as convincing a game of football I saw your team play against a top eight side. You were that much more hungry than Brisbane. You, you played an elite style of football. Within three weeks after that the media already jumping on your back, having a go at you. Does it frustrate you how fast it can jump on and then ease off with, with football these days? Mm, probably doesn't frustrate me because I'm aware of it and I know it. And, I'm, you know, the, the bonus of being in the game a long time is that it doesn't affect your mood. I mean, it, you're, you're more worried about what it might do to the, to the team and the players around you. So my role and our role as coaches is to keep them away and shelter from that as much as they can and, and keep them at task. I mean, we played, as you said, we played a really strong game against Brisbane at home. You know, we went to the G and we got we got absolutely touched up by a great side who are on top of the ladder. Um, you know what? We, we weren't ready for that contest at that stage. And then we played the Crows in a showdown, which, and everyone knows this in Adelaide, that a showdown's 50-50 game no matter what happens. And we went right to the wire. Eight minutes to go, we're four points up. And the Crows form looks okay, but since then we haven't lost a game. So, yeah, look, sometimes it's it's a little unfair the way they go, but um, that's the game. You, you, you the media have to talk around something every week, and unfortunately, early in the year, they've still got to talk around stuff. 
Is it pleasing that you, how you're seeing Horn Francis respond? He's been unfairly criticised in the media for for wanting to go home. Is it is it pleasing for you to, to for him to show his skill on the footy field that people are starting to ease off and, and just let the young kid play? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, your performance does take away the the heat, I suppose. But I mean, importantly for him, he made a decision. He made a right decision for his for his own health and his own family situation, and 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 it's working out really well now. And he's. He's going to have a pretty strong and hard career in front of him that um, you know people are going to love sitting back and watch. And we'll forget about we won't forget that he started North Melbourne because North look at last week I should say North Melbourne were unbelievable the way they respected him last week. Uh, you know, and, and from their from their chairman to their coach all the way through their club, they did the right thing. And you know, if they're a team that can do the right thing, I think the rest of the competition could. Let me take you back one question because Hodge, you talk about the media. It was the Port Adelaide's premiership captain, rather than uh, we, the media, as it were, who did it. When you say you worry about what it might do to the team, what what were you able to do? Because the two examples most recently were Nathan Buckley and Leon Cameron, who never got a run at the season. It became sort of a self fulfilling doom spiral. At one and two, was there anything you were able to actually do with the team so that didn't infect the possibility to become this version of themselves? Yeah, not not too much, Jared. To be honest, I mean, we we stayed stayed on process as much as we can, but that's also very hard to do. I think the reality is um, this this group of players they they do play for us, and they play you know they play for me at that point. I suppose is what we're talking around, and uh, you know, there's a connection that's that's strong and it's real and. And what you'd love about any human being is that when someone's being challenged and, and you you can support them, you do your absolute best to do that. And I just felt like that's what the team did. You know, and we collectively stuck together and said, OK, well, we know what's coming. Let's just play our game of footy and see where it takes us. And so far, it's taken us OK. And that coincides with going to the boundary. I'm so interested. Does it change the nature of the way that you coach? Is there an impulse when Melbourne get hold of that game in the third quarter? Do you have to fight the impulse to go upstairs and actually look at the shape of the game? No, I think um, I think at the moment I'm learning learning too much every day around the importance of being there with them. And uh, at the moment, it's really really critical to us for them to have more of a calming influence than a, than a tactical influence, I think. And that is, that's probably as critical a thing as it's happening at the moment for us is that I just reassure them and they reassure me back with their look and their eyes that, that, that they're okay and, and I think they can just go back and go back to work. Kenny, it's Sam Edmund here. Don't, uh, appreciate your time. Don't go up to the box because I'm with Jared. We're loving the post-match celebration. In fact, you don't hear the word prick often enough in press conferences either, so that's another thing. Yeah, no, sorry. I can, I, I've never been any different. I'm, I'm too emotional sometimes. I'm invested in, in the whole thing and I, and I can't go any other way. And I, I just, if, if I can't enjoy a celebration with the team and the boys at the end of the game, with like the rest of the coaches, um, yeah. I'm going to walk away from the game because it doesn't mean enough to me. And I think I think currently it means more than it's ever meant. So that probably keeps you going. No, I'd imagine the game is that hard. You've got to enjoy the, the victories along the way. I wanted to ask you one structural one. You obviously come in light on in the forward 50, and then you're looking at Lever and May, and, gee, they loom large every week. So to shift Ryan Burton to play as a defensive forward, can you take us through the process on that and the job he was able to do for you? Yeah, it was kind of forced on us, clearly, um, with what we had missing. So we had Todd and Charlie, and, and Mitch George, your hardest would have been, you know, if, if Jeremy wasn't there, Mitch is our third choice forward. So we didn't have any of those tools available to us, and, you know, we, we had to be inventive a little bit. But we'd done Ryan a couple of weeks earlier, and Ryan we know as a junior, and I did hear Hodge's commentary on the game, as, as a junior he has played forward and drafted as a forward, so we know that about Ryan. He's an aerial threat. 
And, and we think with, with Lever and obviously May, their continued threat in the air is you've just got to get the ball to ground. And, and we were able to do that pretty successfully. Even Ollie Lord, I thought, was outstanding as a young player. You know, he's, I call him a young Charlie because he plays a bit similar in the way he goes at it. So getting the ball to ground is really important, and, you know, particularly with Lever, who's massive for them. Yeah, young Lord is very combative. I, I love what he did last night. I had a look at it. Not that it means anything, Ken, but he only got 40 ranking points. <laughs> I thought his game was huge. But one thing I did want to ask you for future reference, who looks at the game style, the overall pattern of the game upstairs and conveys that to you? Yeah, the collective coaches. I mean, I'm lucky. I've got three unbelievable coaches that support me. And, you know, and Nathan Bassett, really experienced coach. Chad Corn's been with me for eight years. And Josh Carr's come back to the club. who worked with us in the past. And Josh was at Frio with, with their midfield group. I think, you know, importantly, I've got great trust in them. And, you know, I'm really comfortable with every conversation we have that they're, they're, they're telling me down the line exactly what they're seeing up top. And, and they're quite proactive with what they're getting done. And it's just a simple, hey, Ken, do you want to do this? And, yep, if you're seeing that upstairs, let's do it. What are you expecting to hear about Travis Boak, Ken? I just spoke to him before we got on the phone. Travis got it all clear as far as any significant damage, which is a really good outcome for us. Obviously, he'd be pretty bruised and uh, pretty sore in a similar area that he copped a whack early in the year. So we'll just wait and see. Nine days. Look, he may or may not come up this week. He's 35 coming up, so we won't be pushing Travis out there too quick if he's not right. Kenny, great to have you with us. Good luck uh, with what comes next, and congrats on where you are at 8-2. and two. Thanks, guys. Good on you. Ken Hinckley with us. You're listening to Crunch Time.